are we correct in saying Chanda Dancy? Chanda. Shonda. That's what I was wondering. Is it a hard CH or a Shonda Dancy? Yeah, yeah. That's a beautiful name. Like chandelier. <laughs> we all say the same thing. I'm craft like the cheese. So I say that in every credit card. Can I get your name? Craft like the cheese. <laughs> um, chandelier. I may be calling you Chandelier. Um, <laughs> you wouldn't be the first. Right. So. <laughs> I, I think... I have to make it clear that this is a full-on spontaneous accident, our conversation. And I want to give it. a shout out to Jonathan Watkins, who, hey, um, <laughs> oh, that, I'm so glad, who we work together uh, at Fox Music, mm-hmm. and we're in touch occasionally, and I see him post and things, and he sent me this kind of uncharacteristically blast up of you gotta check out this composer and jonathan and i are back and forth but i hadn't gotten something like that from him we just finished this film devotion and you gotta listen you're gonna die you're gonna completely fall over dead you're gonna (laughs) and i thought okay i don't have a choice stop the presses and i'll tell you and then maybe you're gonna talk for the next couple hours and i'll just listen um that not only was jonathan right the music was beautiful and i can't wait to see the film which is not out devotion coming out soon soon. Mm -hmm. but full disclosure i work alongside a company called primary wave Mm. and have been very involved tangentially on lots of calls and memos about the Whitney Houston movie, which they are one of the producers of. They mm-hmm. <laughs> are deeply involved in Whitley's, Whitney's estate, and they work with Pat Houston. Mm-hmm. And I've seen the trailers, and I've just been aware of the whole process and the soundtrack. And very casually in the middle of this conversation as you and i are about to meet i hear oh you know she's scoring the whitney houston movie i went that's amazing i've i've been wondering for two years who sony and tristar and nicole brown would hire and it turns out to be you yeah yeah so welcome (laughs) to the podcast and i think we go we could go backwards, which is, tell me a little about Whitney, because I don't know anything about how you got the gig, what it was like scoring it, and I'd be curious, but I also want to go forwards and say, who and what is Chandelier? <laughs> um, but tell me, I'm very curious about the Whitney process, and can you tell me, because I'm dying to see the movie and know how it was to score it. Yeah. Well, getting the gig. So I had just finished Devotion and, um, you know, the soundtrack was kind of like making its rounds behind the scenes with, you know, in, in at Sony. Um, mm-hmm. um, so because a few people had been talking about the score when they when they watched the screening, uh, the previews. Um, and so... Maureen Crow, 
amazing music supervisor. Amazing, My very amazing woman. first music <laughs> business relationship in Hollywood. Yeah. She, yeah, so she contacted my agent, Kevin Korn, um, and said, yeah, you know, our, our director, Casey Lemons, you know, heard heard about Shonda's score on Devotion, and she wants to hear it. Like, she kind of wants to hear a reel. So I sent over a reel um, that included some, some cues from Devotion, as well as some other more dramatic cues. And um, Maureen calls up Kevin and says, Casey wants to meet Shonda. So... We had a Zoom meeting, me and Casey, and we giggled and we <laughs> totally hit it off like so well, so quickly. And um, and Casey said right then and there, "Okay, I'm going to call Maureen and I want you." And that was it. <laughs> the best, isn't that the best? I mean, it's it's not well. Let's keep in touch. It's not you know no, the, was, the yeah. studio wants somebody else, but I'm gonna. That is wonderful. Can I ask? Because it's a very interesting gig for a number of reasons, but most of most of all, to me, it's curious to know what the approach was and what Casey heard, because a, a movie like that has a lot of music in it already yes. and a lot of yes. thematic material. And you know, she's saying, "What I want you to do is take, oh, I want to dance with somebody, and turn it into a cue, or." Stay far away from that and go entirely orchestral and nothing pop. I'm just wondering when you score a movie with so much music already there, mm. did the director tell you an approach? Did you stay away from stylistically the songs? It's mm. just these are always questions that a composer has in a musical picture. Yeah, well, we definitely had that discussion. Um, first of all, how we wanted to approach the score was that we wanted it to be a grand old Hollywood orchestral score. Nice. So, you know, Whitney was America's princess. You know, you think, think of, think of her as almost like royalty, you know, the royalty of music. You, you see her, you, you think of her like cascading down staircases, dripping in diamonds and flowing, you know. That's the music that we wanted to represent her, you know? And honestly, a lot of her songs had that quality. It had the sweeping strings underneath, you know? These were like larger than life songs. They were like on a grand scale with, with an orchestra kind of thing and her voice, you know, like operatic. So um, the score reflected that and it actually worked really well with her songs weaving in and out because um, her songs would end with like strings and then the strings of the score would come in and sweep it up you know and so it was surprisingly a lot more easy than i thought it would be so you know thank goodness <laughs> so, That's so um, nice first time i've ever heard a score described as being easier than, <laughs> which is just wonderful to know that occasionally things fall into place as opposed yeah. to <laughs> um did you score with a big band on the sony stage was that the way you um, did it well we actually recorded in nashville um nice. and we we used the nashville orchestra um, yeah great yeah. becoming so 
popular to go down there and totally and they're and really great yeah really great players uh-huh. really nice. like accommodating and so that's really like helpful you know when you're did you have to think about the keys that the strings ended in absolutely uh, so I on mean, that because that's beginning. always such a big ticket yeah. yeah from the very very beginning like um you know not to give any anything away but in the very beginning the first thing that you hear is Whitney's voice warming up backstage kind of thing and so obviously the first cue has to be perfectly in tune with her solo voice doing ah you know so like and then the strings come in like you could sing her part no I couldn't (laughs) no way (laughs) I'm not a singer (laughs) um there's somebody I know very well named Carol who could identify your pitch because she has perfect perfect pitch. Do you? I do not. I have relative pitch, so Same. I can. If you give me an A four forty, I can go from there. <laughs> but <laughs> definitely not perfect pitch. So <laughs> that's so great. And you were in Nashville, so they used A four forty. But I've gone to record that's- in London where they do yeah, a funky thing. Exactly. Exactly. The yeah yeah because. You know, I did, I recorded a score in Prague one time and like, yeah, I remember because my samples, because I used a lot That's of samples it. with the orchestra and it was like, oh, there's a little bit of the clash. So let me <laughs> tune this. Yeah, you either have to go with, I intended it to be, <laughs> you know, 442 in the band yeah. and 440 in my samples. I've had that be a day lost of recording at Abbey Road or Air where oh, man. somebody hasn't thought and I wasn't focused enough to say, you know that the band's going to play at 442. Yeah. yeah. And, oh, God, we pre-recorded every synth and at 440. Oh, and, man, yeah. Yeah, well, just I mean, good to yeah. know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, note yeah. to self. Uh, <laughs> so um, we're going to actually go backwards. I can't wait to see Whitney, the movie, of course, because I know so much about the process. Mm. Um, I love the story of how you got hired. It's so perfect. And I mm. can't imagine the two of you not vibing with each other and saying, yeah, let's do this. Um, <laughs> it's totally like devotion <laughs> must have been, devotion is not a story as far as I can tell that has all the kind of Whitney magic that would be, Oh, you can, you got this devotion Mm -hmm. seems to be a very male oriented. Isn't it two guys? I don't know exactly what it is, but it's two guys that are kind of behind enemy lines or something. Yes. What is the story of devotion? Yeah. Well, in a nutshell, the story of devotion is devotion to friends, family, country, and, mm. you know, just what it means to to be a man. What is the measure of a man? It's um, showing up, a lifetime of service, a lifetime of showing up, whether you're a soldier, father, young man, it doesn't matter. You know, it's this, this, this film in its essence is that, you know, what does it mean mm. to truly show up for the people who depend on you? Um, what does it mean to truly love your fellow man, you know, your family, your wife, your, you know. Um, so those were the underlying themes. And then on top of it, you had like this really manly sort of like sound, the, the you know, um, of course, the army and, and, and um, 
flying bearcats and corsairs, you know, like these big, amazing, like 1950s planes, propeller planes, um, big engines, and just the exhilaration of, of that environment. Um, so I think one of the big reasons why I was hired is, you know, you have to walk that line of both, you know, having delicate themes that speak to, you know, dependability, dependability and love, um, as well as, you know, <laughs> blasting planes, you know, into the sky and things like that and, and bombs and stuff like, which, you know, like I, I've done a lot of thrillers. So, you know, I think people heard like my demos before, like, they're like, oh, she, she can do like these big, like blasting horns and like percussion and then have like a really, really delicate theme on top of it, you know, that gets you emotionally. So I love that. And I know that men, male filmmakers and executives and producers often assume, well, she can't do the action stuff. You know, she's yeah, going to be yeah, really yeah. good on the emotional because yeah, we have yeah. this. And uh, I've been educated so yeah. profoundly by composers <laughs> who rock so hard and you don't know or care mm. it's you know last time i checked you're a musician and a composer exactly. it's not you're a musician or composer who identifies as and exactly. um i love that you did the army stuff and i heard yeah. amazing music and i also um does it take place in the States or in Asia? Uh, both. 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 So yes. is there the traditional and incredibly cliched request from a director to use a koto or no. some kind of, oh, good. Because no. it's, you know, there, again, it's like, well, we need somebody who, who can use, uh, you know, Korean instruments because there's going to be... Uh, I'm relieved. Yeah. It's the the whole one thing that the director and I wanted to do is stay away from cliches. You know, like Thank the you. the even even army cliches, you know? So No I mean, no can, press rolls on the on the snare right? drums because yeah. that's like Yeah, you know, I mean there there is some, some actually I didn't even use snare. I used military drum, which has a like kind of a slightly different sound. A it's interesting because I listened in your cues that I heard for drums and there's I have a interesting question about that. But Sure, sure. <laughs> go but so so you stayed away from cliches. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And we wanted the score to be um slightly unexpected you know so the use of of synthesizers and things like that were were i wanted to use them in a more organic manner like fu fusing them with live instruments so it almost sounds like it's a different instrument <laughs> so like for example one of the first cues um you hear you know we, we've got um acoustic uh, piano but i combined it with a synthesizer that kind of gave it gave it like this warped kind of sound so it's almost nice. like a a warped piano synth sound but so things things like that is just it, little details uh, just like out that. of curiosity 
did you play one keyboard and it triggered those two sounds an acoustic and the synth or was it kind of recorded on two different it was recorded on two two, two different stems yeah and combined so did you play it yes yeah well i didn't play the piano i played the synth so (laughs) um and because i know you're a fabulous musician because there you are with your violin and it's just so rich for me i wouldn't even know where to begin there's so much interesting uh so much interesting material here and and you're i feel like i am literally watching your progress unfold in front of me and and it's just great i think one of the most interesting things for me is that you also have this very serious classically trained and uh rich approach to music that is separate from film music and i listen to some symphonic work that is like oh oh really this isn't somebody whose other gig is playing in a you know i so often you have a film composer and their other gig is play, is being a dj or being in a dance band and they have no real chops to write the way you do yeah. is that where you came from is yes. writing that yes. kind of music i i completely from me? a classical background yeah so um just you know long story short um my mother's mother was a classical musician she was mm-hmm. a, a pianist and an opera singer and so she taught me piano um i guess around three starting around three or four um where and then i started playing violin at eight um just in school and you know i just fell in love with violin and i kind of just left piano behind um and started composing for my middle school orchestra so i guess i was like 12 or something like that when i started (sighs) writing like stuff for the for the orchestra um without any formal training so i mean the writing was terrible but at least it, it was you know it was a start <laughs> so but um yeah and all throughout high school like i just continued to write for my high school orchestras and things like that i would be sitting in my where it, and, where's all this taking place oh, East houston Coast? texas sorry houston, oh that's texas. right houston <laughs> yeah you and queen b yes we're actually li- like my parents live in the same neighborhood that beyonce's parents lived Lake Olympia, it's like, yeah, that's so. The Knolls, yeah. Literally the same neighborhood, yeah. Man, so. that neighborhood must be super <laughs> magic. I also worked with a director named uh, Justin Simeon, mm, who, mm, who does Dear White People, and mm. uh, he grew up in the same vicinity, yeah. maybe the same high school. But you were saying, so now you're writing for high school, and you're yeah. very clear on the fact are you um this is a question that you want to be a professional composer yes i decided by 10th grade that i wanted to be a composer now i wasn't sure how i was going to do it (laughs) and like (laughs) there's no book they give you exactly exactly and then like you know so my parents were always like super supportive they were like cool you know whatever you want to do um but i do remember you know my mom's brothers kind of like looking at me like so what you want to be Beethoven or something like that you know like we we don't get it like they they're the scientists of the family so you know like they kind of expected me to kind of follow that route mm. um 
you know, my, my mom's brothers are both um, quantum physicists. So like, and, and growing up, I was like, you know, really good at like math and science and stuff like that. And, and in high school, like physics, I did love a lot. But like I said, I was writing scores in my physics class. So <laughs> I may have to interject that music and math they say I are the same, hand hand on the same sure. part of the brain. Yes. Not that yeah. I'm good at math, but I somebody <laughs> said that. I so really think so. <laughs> th- when it came time to choose a yeah. college or a conservatory, yeah. what were you, what was your thinking? So, you know, I auditioned to a few like um, schools like Rice University, Baylor, things like that. Um, and I didn't really want to go far. I was a, a mama and daddy's girl, you know, <laughs> so I was like mm-hmm. wanting to stay in Texas kind of really. Um but then my violin teacher at the time just so happened to be um, professor of violin at a really, really small university called Houston Baptist University. And mm. she was like, you know, if you audition, you know, for our school, uh, you could probably get like a full scholarship. And I was like, say no more. So <laughs> <laughs> done. I, Check, please. Yeah. So, you know, I did audition uh, on violin um, and my declared majors were violin performance and composition. Um, so, um, yeah, you know, and that turned out to be the craziest, best decision ever to specifically go to that school, you know. Um, so Houston Baptist University, you know, very, very small music school. There were like 150 kids total in the whole Mm -hmm. music school. And the dean of the school was my composition professor. And so... I approached her and I said, you know, um, by by this time I had learned about film scoring, you know, and I was like, I could probably, you know, do this. You know, I, I mm. love films and I, you know, I've, I've always been a John Williams fan, like who hasn't? So, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'd, I'd like to give that a try. So I spoke with her and she helped me de- develop like a new course, you know, um, at the music school, which was specifically for film scoring. And so um, she had me, I directed a film, a short film, and then I Mm -hmm. scored it and then presented it for the whole school. And and, and then it just so happened that the choir director at Houston Baptist University is best friends with Morton Lordson. (laughs) Morton Lordson comes to Houston Baptist University and I know that he's one of the co-founders of the USC Film Scoring Program. So I asked the dean, my composition professor, can you set up a meeting with him for me? Oh, and I'd like to show perfect. him my short film. And so that's where I meet him. I show him the film and he, he goes, I'm going to recommend you to get into USC. It seems like people meet you and immediately <laughs> say, we want to be on your team. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Fate, whatever. I don't question yeah. it. You know? I just just show up, I guess. So you came to Big Bad L.A.? Yeah, yeah. Came out to L.A. to do, you know, the film scoring program. And then, but right before that, I actually entered the, the Pete Carpenter um, um, Fellowship in Film Scoring by BMI. I entered that contest uh, and actually won that year. So before I, before I started USC, I interned with Mike Post. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So that was my introduction to L.A. Flying over here, interning with Mike Post, 
and then going to SC Film Scoring. So it was like, oh, were you cool. ghostwriting cues on no, not at cop all. shows? Not at all. Yeah, not not at all. I mean, he had me practice doing cues, and you know, he gave me pointers um, that were amazing that I use to this day. You know, like like every scene scenes have a rhythm. You know, and once you get mm-hmm. the rhythm, you know, you can things pretty much score itself, you know, <laughs> if you un- understand, like, you know, where where the drama is heading and, and the timing of it. And like, you just plot that out and then you can score from there. So I've always used that technique ever since he told me. <laughs> so, I love that. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. You actually it's you kind of described the inverse of what I always feel. You said scenes have a rhythm. I think I think of the same thought from the point of view of I know when it's out of rhythm. Yeah. I've never thought the the scene has a rhythm in, in internally though it's almost the same thing. I just know when you sit in a room with all the filmmakers and it works, meaning it's in time, it's locked. Everybody's shoulders go down and they say, yeah. um, okay, what, what's the next one? And you know that we've just blown past it and everybody's happy. When it doesn't work, <laughs> obviously, emotionally, it's some wrong feeling, but it's also rhythmically and conceptually, it's out of time with the scene. And everybody, yes. that's my favorite moment, not... It's my favorite moment because everybody has a solution and none, you know, you know what you should do? You should take the piano out. I know what it should be. What's that sound? Oh, that's a drum kit. Oh, no, no. The other one. Oh, clarinet. Yeah, whatever. I hate clarinet. You know, suddenly if it doesn't work, like you go down a thousand when it's in rhythm. Yeah. Yeah. It's so nice. You can be in rhythm with any instrument. You can be in rhythm with just literally a solo piano and like one note solo piano. (laughs) And if it hits in the right moment consecutively, you know, um, like for some reason, like your brain like focuses on those moments and, 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 and you pay attention to the drama there even just with a with a single piano note like i i've seen this actually <laughs> you know, i love like, that i do it on purpose just to see like people's reaction you know i love that it's, it's like a pin spot on the stage sometimes yeah yeah you yeah. can ignite the entire scene with a very focused light as opposed exactly. to we're gonna over light everything and make it all light up exactly that's so yeah. wonderful and um did you move to LA right away? Yeah, I did. I did. So I, I left everyone and everything behind, came out completely by myself. And I was like, all right, let's do this. <laughs> I was so clueless. <laughs> but but it's so it brave. <laughs> it's so brave. And, um, you know, I love hearing this story because I'm sure you get asked all the time. And you know well what did you do and how did you do it and people assume Mm -hmm. you know that you have this book that and well you just look at chapter four where it says (laughs) um becoming a film composer and in chapter six it's where to live in los angeles um those books don't exist you invent yourself along the way and um it's just exciting and i think that there's such a great story of your deciding like the small school over the 
the big mm. ticket item. Yes. I really yeah. love that. Do you play violin on your scores? Yes. So that's me on violin, viola, and cello in, in Devotion. Um, oh, so, you know, you're also going to throw in there that you're going to sit down and play cello. Um, I, 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 can I call I'm you Yo-Yo Dancy? No, no, oh, no. Yeah, I bet you're not terrible at cello. No, I, I'm, I'm um, very, very honest. I'm, ter- I'm terrible. <laughs> so. But good enough to get in there. Do you have a home studio? Um, so I have a commercial studio that's away from home. Because I need the silence and I need to, you know, be able to focus. Um, but that being said, I have like this custom built laptop that I can compose anywhere. Like I've I've been in hotel rooms, like in other of countries course. and composing kind of thing. But um, yeah, as far as like, you know, the majority of, of the production of my scores it's it's for for smaller things it's done here here at my commercial studios i listened to um trasher thrasher road yeah <laughs> trash thrasher road is that what it's called yeah. yeah and um i thought well here and it was just after i'd listened to is it cent- centrifuge yeah centrifuge yeah yeah um, which is, you know, this kind of magnificent, very dramatic and serious orchestral voices speaking. And and uh, then I get to these cues that are like this kind of incredibly cool, ambient, synthetic texture. And I mm-hmm. thought, okay, first of all, she's a complete composer. It's not, you know, you're using all the tools at your disposal, mm-hmm. electronic, acoustic, Mm. ambient and I you wondered yeah, <laughs> yeah who, you can't I mean it's, it'd be like somebody saying I'm I'm a uh, you know I'm a writer but I I will only write with a pencil on yellow legal pads well I, I guess that's okay but a lot of writers by the way use word processors and computers that's kind of the way it's done um, so you're obviously completely contemporary did you experiment with synths and learn that way and you know so many people say i went to guitar center and just bought like a a nord and a korg and a couple plugins and a pro tools and learn that way how did you find those ambient sounds yeah so going it goes all the way back to houston baptist university so they had right like this this they had a midi lab and it was hmm. just a lot of, you know, this is back in the the 90s, you know, so it was a lot of like, you know, synthesizers, MIDI instruments and things like that. And um, hmm. I started composing through using Finale and then having Finale, you know, play the synthesized parts. And then from nice. there, I was, I was like, I want to experiment more. So I started um, in Pro Tools and... I have been composing in Pro Tools exclusively ever since then, ever since I right was in 2002. So, you know, um, I think Pro Tools has allowed me to be able to use like everything, including the kitchen sink, <laughs> to create like yeah. sounds and textures um, to manipulate emotion. Essentially, that's what we're <laughs> we're doing. You know, yeah. so. Um, but yeah, that's oh, and and actually. This is a very important thing. I actually worked with a sound company um, after I graduated um, USC, uh, and I was a, a sound editor 
Um, and I learned how to be a sound designer, like working at a sound company. So That's that so for sure cool. influenced me. Yeah. <laughs> That's so great. It's so great. And uh, it all adds up. That's what people don't realize. How did you get there? Well, I had this series of experiences that yeah. all came together. Um, it's yeah. so exciting for me to to watch, actually, what's mm -hmm. happening. I mean, as you may know, I have even been asked recently, you know, what kind of composer would you recommend for this? And I, it was that day that I just had listened to Devotion, and I said, <laughs> I have someone that you should check out. So, uh, yeah, and, it's and, and exciting. that person. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, so. That's great. I, um, <laughs> I mean, I think my only advice to you is to get a lot of sleep because you're going to need oh, I, it. I, I do sleep well. You're going to be busy. <laughs> you're, oh, that's so important. You're going to be, it's going to be at a moment ahead, I predict, where you're going to say, ah, I just need to chill. It's so much because um, I feel it coming in. It's just your name is out there. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's the Whitney starting. thing's going to blow up. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. starting. That's so cool. Um, and it doesn't start accidentally. It starts by a series. I want to say a series of unfortunate events, but it's a series of fortunate <laughs> events. Totally. Yeah. And it's yeah. just wonderful. And where it ends, I'm, I have a front row seat. I'm going to watch. <laughs> Oh, I'm going to also call you Chandelier for probably the rest of That's our lives totally together. <laughs> um, but I'm honored to have you take some time to share this with us. I I know Thank we're going to talk again when I'm trying hard to talk to like your assistant publicist <laughs> to get on your schedule. Um, that's ahead, but. Uh, do you have one coming up that's penciled in that you can share? Because it's always, I do, but, you know, oh, they'll kill me. It just, I can only share it's like a super, really big superhero movie. I'm so used to ending this conversation with, do you have one coming up that you can share, or is it something still under wraps? It's still under wraps. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, but, but I'm going to look for it. I can it. say that it's a show, <laughs> a TV show. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, that's great. That is great. Um, but that's all I can say. <laughs> that's, a, that's exactly where it should be. <laughs> and that makes it even more exciting when you find out. But good luck to, in every way. I don't need to wish you good luck. I need to say, remember the little people. So, Because uh, you're going to be up there on stage accepting awards or more yeah. awards. I really appreciate knock the time. Knock on all the wood. I spent. try not to think about <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just knocked on some kind of desk. Um Shonda, thank you. Thank you. And thank you. Um actually I'm gonna now that you mention it, find out on that other thing. Hey, I just talked to her. You get get that one. So um we will talk soon, I'm sure. Indeed. Indeed. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. You have a good one. <laughs> Thanks.